welcome to the Grid Iron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. You are listening to and watching the Review Crew, and I am your host, Brian, the conscience of Cleveland, or as I'm renaming myself, actually, I'm taking a new name, the Conqueror of Ohio, uh, Brian Donald. Uh, <laughs> it's a pleasure with you, folks. It's been a long and arduous off-season. We have finally at long, long last, had our first full Sunday of football. Tonight, we are going to review all of the big moments for the Week 1 games. We are going to look alongside our traditional statistic of the week, and we're basically just going to revel in the fact that football is back. We've still got Monday Night Football to go, of course, but it is back. Football is here again. Now, as always, folks, uh, like, subscribe, follow the crew, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Twitch, on YouTube, everywhere you get your podcast, you can keep up with us. And we would love to have you join the, the crew community. Send us your messages, get in touch with the show. We would love to get some of your thoughts and your opinions on air with us. Now, as always, I am joined by the, the, the cream of the crop of the crew here to review week's one's action. And well, to be fair, as I say the cream of the crop, um, Gav might not feel like much of a giant this week, but he is with us, uh, and Gav is with us tonight. How are you doing, mate? I, well, it was a pretty brutal weekend, all in all. I think after they would, um, <laughs> Scotland get a pretty comprehensive defeat against the Springboks and the rugby yesterday, and then, um, well, I woke up to uh, to that 40 burger <laughs> this morning. So, uh, so yeah. Been don't, better, don't you worry, mate. I, I will give you... <laughs> I will give you ample opportunity to discuss your team's antics uh, later on in the pod. Um, and well, Sunday started really, really well for, for Kev. Uh, then it got decidedly shaky and it made him very nervous and he couldn't go to his bed because he had to make sure he stayed up to the end. But to be fair, Victory Monday is Victory Monday, Kev. How are you doing? I'm good, mate, yeah. Um, like you say, it was... It was a bit ropey. Um, they promised to be um, a lot more straightforward than the beginning, but uh, turned into a rather difficult night. Um, much more difficult than I would have liked, but uh, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, so I'm used to it. <laughs> I'm an Eagles fan. So it's, so it's not like we only just made it to the Super Bowl. I'm used to it. Says as if he's like a Cardinals fan. Uh, <laughs> right, okay, folks. Uh, as always, we are going to get going with our kick-off question of the week. And now this week, I don't know if you've kept up with this particular bit of news, boys, but Dak has got new ink. Now Dak went, he got himself a, a full leg sleeve done, and to be fair, it actually looks pretty smart. However, he made the decision to get this done, and it was an 11-hour stint getting, getting himself done, and he kept it secret, kept it secret for the team, kept it secret for the, the coaches, the owner, or the rest of it, because particularly baffling, as part of this decision, was he went under for it. He actually had them come out to his house and put him under a general anaesthetic for the 11-hour procedure. Now, that's odd, and that's a bit baffling to me, particularly somebody that's got some tattoos. But to then have Dak come out when he was asked about it and be told how unusual it was, it was like, you know, to quote, I get that, but I'm crazy. That's my point, or the that's my point as I am. I know I am. I'm not afraid of nothing, with the exception of 
a little bit of pain for getting yourself tattooed. So the kickoff question to kick us off, boys, is is Dak basically a big wuss for going under for his 11-hour tattoo session? What do we think, chaps? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> um, I mean, I've I've only had a couple of tattoos, two very small tattoos, but I enjoyed getting it done. I would I would I would be gutted if I missed out on that. Um, I think that's all part of the fun of getting a tattoo, sitting through it. But uh, yeah, who knows. Kev, Kev, true to form there, because dear viewers and listeners, what you can't actually see is that Kev's currently got little nipple clamps on because he enjoys the pain just that little bit and it gets <laughs> it gets him off. That's why he always makes sure the camera ends just at that critical point in his chest. <laughs> what, what about yourself, Gavin? Are you going to step in? Are you going to be be the saviour? I know you might not feel like being that saviour today of all days, but you feel, you feel like saving his reputation, any? Hey, I, I don't think... Um... I don't think it'd be kind enough to save his reputation, only to say that I'm probably not in a, a good place to, to to throw shade at Dak this weekend. <laughs> is this is this up there with the, the age-old Scottish mother's line, if you've got nothing nice to say, say nothing at all? That's exactly it. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I am going to throw shade at Dak, because I've got hundreds of tattoos. Uh, and I, my longest session was 12 and a wee bit hours, and I sat there for the whole hog getting my arm done, we not. I didn't go under. Didn't use numbing cream, which is another one that I find a bit odd. I just, see, particularly for a profession where a big part of Dak's game is well has to be being able to be leathered by exceptionally large, very angry men. The fact that he can't hack getting a tattoo done, I find really bizarre. <laughs> yeah. that's why his fantasy score was so poor for me last night. <laughs> right. Okay, gents. We're limbered up. We're ready. We're ready to approach the game. And uh, we do still have Monday Night Football to look forward to. We'll, we'll make a wee reference to that later. But we have had a fantastic slate of week one games to enjoy. So now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to review the crew's top five games. Now... We have picked five of the games, not necessarily the ones that the preview crew were discussing, although we do have a wee bit of overlap. Um, but these are the games that after the after the games have been and done, we look back on and we think, do you know what? Those were cracking games. And and there's maybe one in there just because I want to stick your boot in a bit. So we're not going to get to that one quite yet. We are going to start with Kev, who is going to talk us through his beloved Philadelphia Eagles doing battle with them out of New England, the New England Patriots. Take it away, Kev. How, how did your Sunday night unfold as an Eagles fan? Uh, well, like I said a bit earlier on, it started great. It promised, it promised to be um, a pretty straightforward week one win. Um the Eagles in the first quarter, uh, we went 16-0 up, um, thanks to a field goal early and then a 70-yard um, interception return from Slay. Um, and then um, another touchdown from uh, Devontae Smith, um, a nice uh, tight wee pass into uh, Devontae. Um, and at that point, it looked like New England were all over the place. It looked like they just hadn't turned up for the season opener and it looked like it was going to be straightforward. But would you say that it looked like you had 
slayed them. Slayed them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so um, yeah. Then then into the second quarter, just slowly but surely, things started to turn. Um, New England started getting a, um, on top. The the defense, who were all over the place in that first quarter, um, started um, started playing a lot better. Um, and from there on, guys like uh, Ramondre Stevenson started getting in um, to the game a lot more. Um, Kendrick Bourne um, scored two touchdowns and um, Hunter Henry uh, one as well and uh, it, it turned into a, a much much tougher um, game than, than I thought it was going to be um, and uh, I think the takeaways for me from that game were um, New England seem like they're going to be a lot better this season than I thought uh, prior to the opening game um, I think Mac Jones um, looked really, really decent, um, especially the longer the game went on. And for me, it's kind of the same old Eagles. And I think that last season, a lot of the time, although we, um, we were great, we just seemed to do enough most of the season. And uh, I think that in this game, it was kind of more of the same. It looked like it was going to be a walk in the park, but then it almost seemed as though we just kind of switch off a little bit once we, we feel as though it's done and just kind of coast over the line. And that, that seemed to be the same again. I had high hopes this, this season for um, Dallas Goddard. Um, I thought that he um, was hopefully going yeah, to have a big... I did, and I think I'm going to have to <laughs> rethink that already after <laughs> one game because he was absolutely anonymous, um, totally anonymous. I mean, Hunter Henry had a big game against us. He was a big part, I think, um, in New England getting back into it. Um, and we just we just seemed to have nothing at tight end. Um, so I think... Um, yeah, um, all all in all, I'd say that um, I was impressed by the Pats, um, but happy to, um, to just do enough as usual and get the win. It's an interesting one because obviously New England do New England things. You know, I mean, you, the the Eagles are a high scoring offense, and I think it'd be fair to say that New England can changes for the most part. Um, and I don't think Andy would have been all that surprised. You know, I mean, if we turned around before the game had started and said. Aye, okay, it'll be a, a low-scoring game. Eagles will win by three points, you know, caught, you know, uh, 14-9, you know, 14-11, you know, something like that. Some really, most of them, aye, right, okay, fine. It's the Pats D, it's fine. Yeah. But the fact that Mac Jones did come out, you know I mean? Yeah, he had an abysmal, what, first quarter? First quarter in a, in, in a wee bit. And yeah. then what he came out and it just he chucked out. This is what I've, I've got it in front of me. You know, thirty-five uh, completions out of fifty-four attempts. So what? Just shy at sixty-five percent completion over the game. Over three hundred yards passing, three touchdowns. Okay, yeah, yeah. He had the pick. Um, he had the pick. Uh, he took a couple of sacks. And his rushing games, nothing to write home about. But Max never had a rushing game. But no. you know, I mean. Is okay, New England fans out there. Would your message to the New England fans be you took you took the loss week one, but maybe don't be all that upset about it? Absolutely, I, I and I think um, I've, I've spoken to a couple of New England fans since the game, um, and I think they're they're quite pleased uh, with how they played. I think they they actually came away disappointed that they didn't get um, the win, um, 
and I don't think that many people expected them to, um, given how well we we done last season um, and where they're at right now. But uh, I mean, like Mike Jones, see the the, the touchdown uh, Hunter Henry scored. Um, mm. It was a an excellent pass, fantastic yeah. pass for Mike Jones, and I think um, he's shown signs um, that he that you know he could be a really really good quarterback uh, going forward. So um, yeah. Wait, wait, see, could this could this be the return to, to not last year, but uh, the year before Mac Jones, who really was something that had lots of people very excited. Right, well, we've had lots and lots of um, of quarterback hype over over the offseason. None more, none more than for Kenny. Look at how big my hands are, pick it. Uh, and that's a team that didn't do as well. So, yes, we're going to move on to our second game that we are going to discuss. And Gav, and this, this is... Gav's doing this because I can't be trusted to talk about this without basically just descending into hysterics for the, the entire time I would do it. So, Gav, can you talk <laughs> us through the Steelers at the 49ers? Did, yeah, did the boys from Pittsburgh have a nice evening? Uh, well, no. <laughs> the, the short answer. Uh, but, I mean, this is one. I, I'd pick the, the 49ers to, to win this one um, going into the game. But it was one to think, 49ers heading east on the road, going to a place like Pittsburgh. And week one, when there's so much uncertainty, thought there's a potential for a wee bit of banana skin there. Um, we talked about the, you know, Kenny Pickett and all the hype around him. But actually, you know, it's a tale of two quarterbacks, really, because actually... Brock Purdy coming back from injury, QB one in, in San Francisco for the for the future, and um, he had himself a day. You know, uh, back in the saddle, his target choice is Brandon Ayuk, um, two touchdowns for uh, 129 yards. You know, big day there. He had a day. He had a day. Uh, <laughs> he had a day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, th- I think obviously the, the kill shot as well really come from Christian McCaffrey. Uh, in the third, that 65-yard touchdown um, really put the, the Niners out of sight. And, yep, 30-7, pretty comfortable win for, for San Francisco and setting them up nicely for the year ahead. CMC doing CMC things. Is now, yeah. what, I, what I will say is, is I quickly look at the stats. The stat lines between Pickett and Purdy aren't miles apart. You know, when you look, so Pickett came in, what, 31 for 40, 31 of 46, 232 yards, a touchdown, a couple of picks. And at the end of the day, you're the quarterback. You might throw it to your own guys. Um, Pub day, 19 of 29, 220 yards. And the difference is two TDs, no picks at all. For, for you, though, Gav, what, what do you think was the big difference maker in this game? I've got my opinions and I'm coming over on it. But what do you think was the big thing that made the difference? Well, I think you've got to look at Christian McCaffrey there. I mean, 152 yards on, on the ground. And time now when most teams are going running by, by committee, you know, he's averaging just shy of seven yards a carry. You know, if you've got that, that's going to keep things ticking over, then you're always going to be comfortable moving the ball. Now, it's an interesting one because the, the Steelers' defence is much lauded. We spent, you know, a wee minute uh, with the last game talking about how elite and how high quality both New England and the, and the Eagles' defences are. Steelers are up there. Steelers are a defence that most people would look at and they would say, yes, this has got to be one that's going to be incredible all year. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, 
the teams were comparable in passing offence. You know, I mean, they were both, okay, the Niners were three yards over 200, the Steelers were two under, so much of muchness. 188 rushing yards for the Niners to 41 for the Steelers. Are we putting the blame here on the Steelers' rushing attack, it not being anywhere near efficient enough? Or do we think basically the Steelers' run the native a bit of a look at themselves and ask why they are being ran? Even if we take out that mega run from CMC, we're still sitting with over, over three times the rushing yeah. offence that the Steelers mustered. I, I mean, I think you do need to look at the defence first and foremost there. I mean, if you actually look at the Steelers' stats, yep, 41 yards, but I guess the game getting away from them pretty early on, um, you know, that they're chasing that Kenny Pickett had to put the ball up 46 times over the course of the game put that uh, against only 10 Whee! carries um, for the <laughs> for the day you're having a, a ball here. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think there probably is a, a, a wee element of obviously the game plan having it shift uh, away from the, the run attack as, as the 49ers built the lead. Um, but yeah, as you say, I think when you're giving up almost seven yards of carry to, to McCaffrey, guy's a star, but I mean, those are ridiculous numbers. Seven yards of carry is insane. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I take far too much joy out of misery <laughs> coming from Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I think this is one that Steelers fans hide under the covers, wait till next week, pray, pray that the gods are kinder to you. Next week you're up against us. Next week you got you got you, it's okay. You've only went for CMC to chub. Um, so it's going to be another another trying to test that elite quote-unquote, uh, Steelers' defence. Oh, I don't know. So what do you think? Do do the Niners look like the real deal? Many have been anointing them as a team that's going to be absolutely there or thereabouts in the NFC this year. Do you, do you agree with that based off weeks one, week one's watching? I think, I think in week one alone, you've got, you've always got that thing with West Coast teams, you know, in the, the travel. I think, you know, heading... Um, heading over to, to Pittsburgh and, and putting up 30 points on the, the road and only shipping seven. I think you've got to think, say that's as good a, a start as any for, for week one. I mean, you look at some of the other contenders. Um, Kev's already um, talked to us through, you know, the Eagles had a tough time of it um, despite getting the win. The, the Chiefs obviously dropped one at home. So, um, let's see, you know, that's one of the, uh, that, that's one of the, the favourites, you know, really staking a claim early. Oh, it'll make for interesting watching as we go ahead. And Rob Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, doing very, very relevant things. Um, right, okay, brilliant. Uh, okay, Kev, we are coming back to you. And for many, this will have been the game of the weekend. The neutral, this would have been one that would have been, well, was fantastic to watch. I was absolutely glued to it. Miami playing yep. the Chargers. What a game. What a game. Talk us yep. through it, Kev. Uh, well, like you say, absolutely incredible game. Um, it was an absolute shootout. Um, the the lead changed hands no more, no, uh, no fewer, should I say, than nine times. Um, it was back and forth, back and forth. Um, so yeah, uh, the Chargers took the lead first, um, and they took the lead four times in total. Um, but. Miami uh, just kept on 
pegging them back um, and finally got their noses in front towards the end and managed to, to stay there. Um, the game had absolutely everything. Um, it had... Um, it had locked deep shots to Tyreek Hill, which we were all um, come to expect. It had big runs for Austin Eckler. It had um, interceptions. It had just just the lot uh, missed kicks. Um, so yeah, uh, it was it was outstanding. Um, I think I would I would kind of bill it as um, run uh, run versus uh, pass. Um, LA obviously ran the ball a lot. They had Eckler with 117 yards uh, rushing um, for mm-hmm. 16 carries. Um, but then on the other side, you got Tyreek Hill who put up 215 yards on 11 receptions um, and and two touchdowns. Um, so yeah, I think in the end, um, the the passing attack uh, in Miami came out on top um, against the the running um, LA. Um, I how how basically stole the show. He he got a touchdown towards the end of the third quarter. Um, it was a thirty-five yard pass which he caught right on right on the the goal line, and then that put them ahead actually. But they then went back behind, and um, in the final the final quarter towards the end of the game, another. Uh, Really deep throw, looking for Hill on the run. Managed to to get Miami all the way up the park, and um, he then proceeded to pick out Hill again um, in the in the end zone. And Hill, the the, the winning touchdown, uh, I found it quite amusing. Hill seemed to be like hiding behind the, the <laughs> defender as the ball came over, <laughs> um, and and he just I he just appeared from nowhere behind him to catch. Um, so yeah, a fantastic game. I really thoroughly enjoyed watching it myself. Um, and for me, two good, two really good teams. I think uh, obviously offense came out on top in that one. Um, neither D will be particularly pleased with their day's work. I think both both teams will have a really good season. I think they both showed that they're um, really good um, on offense um, and capable of scoring a lot of points. Um, and they'll both be really good to watch um, as the season goes on, I'm sure. Do you reckon you can use this game as one of these little bits that it indicates the kind of the direction of travel that the league's taking? Because we did, we had one team who had a really solid ground attack. Eckler, absolutely. Hate. And it's not typical Eckler stuff where it's, you know, lots of passes, lots of screens, all that. There was lots of just nice, big, meaty right. running back <laughs> runs. But mm-hmm. then you've got Tua chucking it for 466 yards. Yeah, Is this just a sign of the times that it's it's a passing league these days? And if you can't win it in the air, you're really going to struggle to win it in the ground, even if you're very, very good at it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I I had noted those those stats down: four sixty-six yards passing and only seventy rushing for for the Dolphins. Um, and then on the other end, you had um, two hundred thirty-four yards rushing for LA and only one hundred ninety-nine passing. And I think that's eventually what you know what um, what told in the end was you know the the air attack for the Dolphins. Um, you know, uh, just the Chargers couldn't live with it. Um, and I think 
I mean, I've, I've always really personally thought that you've got to have a, a really good balance. And if you look at those stats, that that is a good balance um, that the early have got in Miami. It was just all about the throw. Um, but if you're really good at something, um, and you can hurt teams, you can hurt teams so you can hurt teams so easily um, if you're you know if you're effective with your passing game. Um, on, on on the notion a team's yeah. getting hurt, we're going to move on because. Gav, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mate. I know it hurts. I know it stings. I know you don't want to do it. But frankly, I can think of no man better. Than, you know, I was going to say I've ripped the plaster off. I think this is probably more akin to getting the full board bikini wax done. Yeah, there's, bodies, there's no... Um, there's it was no a good night at the office, yeah. was it, mate? I don't know if um, it was actually a, an appearance at the office. Um for, for, from the Giants' perspective, I mean, this is one that um, uh, the Giants' head coach uh, Brian Dable said they um, they skunked, uh, and uh, I think it's pretty difficult to argue with that a forty to, to nothing game. Um, I, I guess the crazy thing is that this is one that the, the Giants um, had actually put together quite a nice opening drive, you know, moved down the field, um, and um, eventually. Uh, had backed up a little bit, went to kick the field goal, um, perfectly makeable 45 effort yard effort for Graham Gano. Um, and uh, nope, it's blocked and it's returned all the way for uh, for six, uh, by uh, Noah Egbengeni. Uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna come I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't catch this game, I caught the highlights and I remember I woke up and I checked and I read through the line by line text, it was like. Field goal returned for touchdown. And I looked at it and I watched it. What was the snapper doing? How long did he expect the guys project getting that kick set up to need? It looked like the, 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 the line had an eternity to get started. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a real nightmare. I mean, I suppose, I mean... Um... Still love us for this talking about the special teams unit, but um, Giants, I think they had two makeable field goals uh, in the game. Um, obviously, with the, the block one we just discussed, um, Gano also shanked to 35 yards or so. Um, from those two makeable field goals, minus six points um, for, for the Giants, um, which um, gives a bit of a, a slow start. But uh, I mean, th- th- this game. 40 to nothing, it just went from bad to worse from a, from a Giants perspective, I suppose, opposite for the, the Cowboys. Um, even within that first quarter, the Giants had a pass to, to Saquon Barkley, uh, popped up in there with a, a hit from Trayvon Diggs, and it's Deron Bland um, returns it for the, the Cowboys. 16 nothing after that, and really, um, it, it was all uphill from, from there. Um I mean, t- to be honest, you you know, Brian, yourself, you had uh, Dak Prescott uh, in your fantasy lineup. You, you'd think that before. Yes, I did, ladies and gentlemen. You're gonna get... I woke up, seen 40, and I thought, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's done thought. great. Nine yeah, fantasy points. Bit big numbers, but I mean, the fact is, yeah, didn't have much to do. Um, mm. to, to be fair, didn't do much wrong, but 143 yards, mm. you know, pretty. Pretty average numbers, you know, in terms of you know topping up that scoreline with um, Tony Pollard and with a, a pair, and then Cavonte uh, Turpin um, making up the numbers for the Cowboys. But um, from the, the Giants' perspective, I mean, it really was just a, a no-show. I mean, 
Daniel Jones topped up some of his past numbers towards the end, but really um, not a great deal um, to, to be positive about from, from this week's game. I think it's just uh, it's one to forget about and, and move on. It's all right, mate. It's pre-season week, negative <laughs> one. Um, so is this is this one we talked? You know, I mentioned earlier. You know, is it sign of the times, moving to a passing league, all the rest of it? New York are not built to, to my eyes anyway to be a pass first offense. You know what I mean? It's the they've got they've got they're trying to build a wide receiver out of spare parts. It appeals <laughs> the amount of slot receivers they've got in that roster. Um, and Sa- Saquon is the star of that show. Yeah, Di- Danny Dollars, sorry, as it is now, got his contract, got his payday. He's he he ain't no tour. He ain't no Pat Mahomes. He ain't going to be slicing and dicing up opposing defenses through the air. He's, you know, he's there to help that ground game do its thing. When you go behind so bad, so fast, is that the kind of thing that, as a Giants fan, you've got to look at it and think, if that happens to us any other games, it's going to get ugly quick consistently because we are not built to fight that type of shootout-style game that we would need to. I think that I think that's definitely the challenge. If you look at last year, and the, I guess the the one thing that's really helped the Giants in their turnaround has been the coaching. Um, I think you're right that in terms of the the offense in particular, there's um, yes, there's Saquon there, but it's definitely missing a, a few sort of um, star pieces uh, to the team. But um, th- this is a team that really thrived in keeping games close last year. Um, I mean, they did have two. Uh, two blowout losses against the Eagles, including obviously the win the playoffs. Um, but by and large, this is a team that's always really, um, you know, really competitive and, and stayed in in their games. Um, and uh, I think the the manner of that defeat um, really was pretty pretty jarring um, last night. And um, I, I think that the big question that does become, you know, where do you go to next? As you said, in terms of the, the receivers. Um, I mean, they, they've tried to add everyone and anyone in free agency. I'm, I'm fairly certain I've got a missed call from the, the Giants coaching staff, actually. <laughs> uh, so I, I think there's definite question marks here, but I, I, I think ultimately getting into that hole early, um, you know, 16 nothing down, um, you're right. I think that that's not a team that's play, uh, built to, to play with a big deficit. I mean, yep, you know, you're seven down and you play attritional football, keeping the game, keep it close um, and then make something happen at the end. But yeah, I, I think um, it, it was just a game that, that snowballed uh, against the Giants last night. Um, I, I suppose the um, got to give a wee bit of balance here uh, and say that, I mean, from, from the Cowboys' perspective, um, you've got to say that, I mean, the, the Zero on the scoreboards, obviously the, the big thing that everyone's looking at. But you know, really helped with seven sacks um, from their, their defensive line as well. You know, that's a, a big number. Micah Parsons w- was in there, but you know, he was one of many. Um, Given Jones the, the run around last night, um, and you know, that's going to be a key part to, to Dallas's success for the season ahead. Right, we'll tell you what to to, to wind this one up on a point on Dallas. It's fair to say, as you mentioned yourself. For Giants fans everywhere, this is one that you're just going to take your licks, take a hit, move on. Week two is week one. It's all you can do with this one. Is this one where the Cowboys fans out there maybe need to be a little bit similar? You'll be happy you got a nice, comfortable win. 
But at the end of the day, is that kind of performance and that kind of fortune to put it, you know, and I don't want to be unfair. So, you know, picking up two touchdowns so early from, from defence and special teams, that's not going to happen consistently, is it? So is that something that even the Cowboys fans out there need to look at that and go, right, need to just manage expectations a bit going forward. We're not going to be dropping 40s every week. Oh, well, it's Super Bowl baby again for Dallas, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, we them boys. <laughs> them boys. Uh, no, I, I think, yeah, you're right. I mean, um, obviously, I mean, with, you know, that, that's the beauty for the NFL. Um, things can change so much season to, to season that um, week one, you do get some real freak results. I mean, the, the one that um, crumb that I'm hanging on to is that the Patriots <laughs> dropped a 31-0 loss uh, in week one of one of their Super Bowl campaigns to the, the Bills. I think it was the 2003 season. Um, so, I mean, you know, th- these freak things do happen. Um, you know, Chiefs, not quite the same losing by a point, but again, still losing one uh, at home as the defending champions to the, the Lions. Um, so, you know, there's always going to be freaky things, but at the same time, you're only one game back from the, the pack at this stage. So, um, yeah, it's it's always been a what have you done lately league. Uh, and um, yeah, right now, if you're you're winning forty nothing, you're looking good. But got to keep it up through the season. So what you're saying is actually that it's giant Super Bowl year. Got you. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Going going for one team who is uh, obviously bound. For a Super Bowl. Let's move to another team. It's obviously bound for a Super Bowl. And this is where I get to have my wee moment in the sun. Because, gentlemen, we had not not the first, not the second, but the 100th battle of Ohio on Sunday. The Cleveland Browns, the, the, the mighty, majestic Cleveland Browns, squaring off against ice-cold Joey B and the Bengals who turned out to be complete pretenders. Now, disclaimer here, it was a complete monsoon, and Joe Burrow even had to resort to wearing gloves, which he hates doing, to try and get some traction in that ball. But nevertheless, the Browns come out 24-3 on top. It's glorious. It's magnificent. Nick Chubb is basically... I've actually put in the request to be adopted by him. Um, it doesn't matter that I'm like nearly a decade older than he is, but still, I'm actually more than nearly more than a decade older than him. Still, I would still let him adopt me. 106 yards. Didn't even get a touchdown. Didn't even get a, didn't even get a rushing touchdown. Only one man got one of those, and it was Deshaun Watson. Um, an absolute clinic from the Browns on how to play football in Cleveland. And to be really clear. What I mean with that is in the crappiest of weather, where it was ground and pound. To be fair, we did put up, what, 144, a whole 144 passing yards. It was never going to be that game, though. Um, it's worth saying, actually, that we put out two more passing yards on offence and the Bengals managed to put up yards on offence is they came out with a, a whopping total of 142 scrimmage yards over the game. Um, everything worked for Cleveland on the night. And it needs to be said, one of, if not the big victory story of the night, has got to be Jim Schwartz in that defence. 
Now, boys, I don't know if you've seen the clip doing the rounds of Miles, the other person I'm considering putting adoption papers into to try and take me on, dribbling immediately in front of Joe Burrow in the O-line, mocking them. I'm actually genuinely a wee bit baffled as to how he wasn't called for taunting. I don't know, can you be called for taunting before a place, before the snap? Is that a thing? But he was certainly taunting them and he waltzed clean through that line multiple occasions. Not necessarily rigging up a huge sack total, um, but getting the pressure on Burrow, getting in and just being such a huge disruptor. It was such a fabulous game. Um, and yeah, you look at the, the stat line that came out of it. That is the worst, full stop, worst game Joe Burrow has ever played. It is the only time in his NFL career that he has finished a game with fewer than 150 passing yards. And every single bit of this just makes me delighted. Particularly given that the Browns, my beloved Browns, have got, you know, I can't even remember it properly, but it is now something like our week one record since like 98 is now three and like 50 in like one draw. And the only team we can beat week one is the Bengals. And that's anyone else, come to Cleveland, have your free win, leave again. When the Bengals come to town, we can take it to them. And it's glorious. And we are obviously kings in the north, anointed champions. I'll be honest, we're probably actually as well just calling the season. Just just, just, just wrap it up now and just, just let the Browns have their Super Bowl. It was a Sunday to forget for Bengals fans. It was a Sunday that you can write off a wee bit. Burrow didn't play at all in the preseason. Dealt with niggly injuries. Generally wasn't quite at his fittest. Historically, last couple of years anyway, but the Bengals in general haven't really got going till week three or so. And then it all clicks and they all start playing a lot better. But the North is a division that's looking like, well, is certainly the Browns and the Ravens are looking decent. Ravens, okay, they were only playing the Texans. We'll talk about them there. But still, you've got to get fired and you've got to pick up wins. Cleveland did, and it really was an absolute crackery night, and it just made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Particularly watching Joe Burrow look at his gloves and be all sad as he got pulled from the game early in the fourth, which is as big a testament as you can have to the Browns absolutely destroying Cleveland. They're absolutely destroying Cincy, which is fabulous. <sighs> See, I can breathe out now, boys. You can both you can both like talk and stuff now because I've had my moment and I'm now all happy with myself. Right. Should we get you a ring then for the uh, the week one world championship? Absolutely. That's it. Call the season. <laughs> Call the season. Stop the count. Stop the count. Um right. Okay. It is time for a little bit of a new segment because we are going to try now and go for the rest in one. This is where there are a lot more games than five games played this week, obviously. Yes, we still have one to go. We know, we know. But we have got a lot more games. And sadly, airtime is limited. And if I talk as long as I want to talk, Keith will find me and he'll hurt me. So to save that happening, we are going to go through all of the rest of the games. And gentlemen, You've got one line to sum up the game, your feelings on it, what you thought it would be, 
I am going to take things off today and I am going to open us up with the opening game of the season. KC Lions, and there's only one line for it. There's one pride, and Kelsey don't have none. Uh, <laughs> Gav, you take it on for me. What have you got? Give me one line for Baltimore and Houston. Oh, well, I think it's well, welcome to football for CJ Stroud, but sadly he's the, the only one of his uh, first-string QBs that didn't get on the, the score sheet for this weekend. Um, he'll have to to wait another week to uh, to add his uh, add to start line. Right, Kev, you've got the, the the joys of Atlanta and Carolina. Give me give me one line that sums that one up for us. Um, I really didn't get the memo for this one line thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've I don't know. I've just um, it was a, t- a tight game um, until the. The death and uh, Bijan brought the mustard. Yeah. Oh, there you go. See, that's what I knew to defend. Like, even even with minimal prep time, Kev steps in, steps in and saves it. Right, it's back to me. It's Minnesota. It's Tampa Bay, and it was bacon, baby. Baker, shaking bake, my boy. The, the the only quarterback in my heart, and he baked up a storm on those Vikes, and there ain't nothing they could do about it. Cuck, I love you, but you got baked. Uh, Gav, coming back to you, the Commanders and the Cardinals. Oh, well, I think the story in this one is uh, Sam Howling. Um, this is a, 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 a questions about uh, the, the Commanders quarterback uh, heading into this one, and he took a bit of a beating as well. He had six sacks, but toughed it out and uh, got the, the go-ahead touchdown early in the, the fourth, uh, <laughs> using his legs to, to put the, the Commanders ahead. Right, okay, Kev. I hope you've been taking a deep breath and getting those, uh, get, getting those mustard juices flowing. Uh, <laughs> you, it, it, your second last one for us, mate. The Saints and the Titans. Give me it in a line. Uh, similar vein to to the one we've just had there for, for Gav. Um, Tannehill terrible for Tennessee. <laughs> Love to hear it. Right, well. <laughs> I'm going to lead this off and I'm going to say there was a bright light city going to set my soul, going to set my Russ on fire. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> right, second last one of the run, Gav, the Seahawks and the Rams. Uh, well, we're in Seattle, but this one was all about the Legion of Who because uh, Cooper Cup, um, obviously out injured at the moment, who's going to step up? And we had um, the fifth rounder, Puka Nakua, uh, picking up 10 receptions, 119 uh, yards, and 2-2 Atwell uh, with the exact same uh, yardage tally. So, um, yeah, a couple of no-names uh, really stepping up and um, making the difference for the, the Rams. Legion of Who, you get your T-shirts printed now, folks. Right, Kev, you have got the final word on our all-in-one, or oh, sorry, the rest-in-one. It is the Bears and the Packers. Um, well, I'm just, I'm just going to say Fields struggles again, flowers to deceive, uh, one touchdown, one pick six, um, Green Bay, Green Bay, uh, thoroughly deserved their win, uh, uh, love, just love, just, uh, showing, uh, showing Fields how to, how to be a quarterback. Love conquers all. Right. Yes, love conquers all. Okay, folks, that is us drawing to a close tonight. However, 
it would not be the Gridiron Crew if we did not close it out with our statistic of the week. Now, this week, our statistic can only be delivered by one member in the crew, and that man is Gav. Take it away, mate. Absolutely. So um, we've already um, relived uh, great pain the uh the horrendous start that the, the giants had but let's let's talk about the cowboys for a second there it's the, the first team since 2016 uh to kick off their uh, their season um with the first two touchdowns come from defense and special teams but who who was the, the last team to achieve that feat well Shit, I'm not. I'm not going to pretend that me and Kev don't know because this one was shared, <laughs> was shared privately, and we were all astounded. To be fair, um, but on, on you going. So who 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 had who had the privilege and the honour of having that honour taken so away from them? It was, of course, the Minnesota Vikings. There you go. Back, back, back when the Vikings knew how to win games, eh? <laughs> right. Okay, folks. That is going to close us out for the evening. Um, so it's been. The first time in a long time that I don't actually have to say the crew will get you through because we did it, ladies and gentlemen. We made it. We made it all the way through the dark time, through the off-season, through the darkness retreat, through the the, the, the the hyperbaric chamber or whatever the hell it is that Aaron Rodgers lives in. Um, you, We are back. It is the season. Week one is most of the way there. We are building our way up towards week two. Now, remember... You can keep in touch with the crew via Twitter at GridironCrew. You can find us on Insta, Grid underscore Iron underscore Crew. Stick GridironCrew into YouTube. You will find us there. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Give us a follow. Help grow the crew community uh, and get involved. Stick your thoughts in and we can talk about them on air. Now, as I've mentioned, we have got a fantastic game tonight to look forward to. The Bills squaring off against Rogers and the Jets. But until then, I've been Brian. I've been joined by Kev. I've been joined Hi. by Gav. We have been the crew. And until week two, you've got the preview crew to look forward to later this week. And we will see you next week. Thank you very much, folks.